Good evening. We're at the monastery this evening. I've decided to come in here because we like it here. So here's what here we are. I have a few uh, monastery residents that are off in the dissonance, hiding behind bushes and trees and rocks. So they're safe from me breathing on them. Is there six people here besides uh, myself and Hunyo and myself. So this evening's Dharma talk is titled Beyond Comfort. And that title just uh, kind of uh, leapt off the pages of the New York Times. Not actually. Uh, actually, it's uh, words of Chongpa Rinpoche. And the idea there is, is not that you can't make yourself comfortable or snuggle up or whatever, be uh, cozy, but just that the constant looking for something else, something else quite often has to do with having some kind of a feeling of being out of sorts or uncomfortable or um, basically suffering on some level or another. And as a, as a meditator, as someone who is uh, practicing the Buddha's Dharma, studying the Buddha's Dharma, you might want to look at that when you begin to move away from one thing into another and look at the uh, motivation there, look at the motivation to get away from something because um, actually you're, you're getting away from something you might want to take a close look at, which, which would be your preference for something. So the idea here beyond comfort, I don't know if I would use his words. I just thought that was a, uh, that you could actually function beyond the necessity for comfort, which is what I think he was uh, referring to or possibly. This doesn't mean that we go the other direction and try to go into difficult situations. This is something that the, the Buddha did, as uh, far as we know, uh, went into very difficult situations, not eating, uh, uh, sitting on rocks, going without clothing, going without food, and so on for long periods of time, kind of forcing the whole thing of suffering, trying to see if by uh, being very deliberate about the suffering or discontent or the lack of comfort that he could possibly bring up some kind of deeper understanding of what suffering was and what that was about. Perhaps he could, perhaps he did. Perhaps without doing that, we might not have the Buddha. I have no idea. And there's no way to have any guesswork around that particularly. But what we can do with our own situation is look at the need for something what's something else. So when there's discomfort on some level or another, it's just the simplest movement will take you away uh, from the difficulty. It will take you away from the difficulty that it might be a good idea for you to actually look at, look, look deeply into it's arising. If it's arising, probably necessary for you to see what that is. Most people are uh, in the world uh, more of a, with a more materialistic or worldly Dharma approach are looking for ways to feel better, ways to be happier, ways to, ways to, ways to, get over, get past the, the difficulty uh, of what arises in our mind stream. And I'm sure you all know that sometimes what is arising in the mind stream doesn't seem to have any source. It doesn't seem to have any, any uh, uh, producer. It doesn't seem to have anyone doing that. This is a little bit of a clue to you. It's just a little bit of a clue that there is no producer. No one produces it. There's no being producing anything. 
but it's very difficult for us to have an emotion, a feeling uh, without some some kind of uh, uh, reference, some kind of a, well, I'm depressed or, well, it's because of this, it's because I'm, I'm eating their own food. Or I'm, and it's not that that relative situation doesn't have some relative uh, truth to it. It's just that if you go in that direction, that's what you get, relative truth. And as, you, as you've heard me see, say 150 times, uh, circles. Circles are circles. Uh, the idea here would be that you, in your mind stream, in your daily life, in your interaction with your with your uh, your friends, your mates, your, your co-workers, your family, your sangha, um, can be very challenging to do anything other than receive. Uh, maybe not initially, maybe not at that moment. But insofar as we can, it is a good idea to uh, receive whatever is occurring. And you might notice the discomfort. You might notice that it's not comfortable. But to do anything with that tends to uh, show up as a, a kind of ignoring uh, that is, um, well, let's put it this way. It certainly isn't being with all things, which is... Uh, one of the three pure precepts, do good, don't, uh, don't do harm, simply put, and be with all things. So whatever's occurring, please just look at that. And if you can, don't add. But if you do add, then just look at that. Just look at the addition. Don't add to the addition like I shouldn't be adding. So when, it, when we say, when I say, when, when uh, CTR says, beyond comfort, it's functioning in such a way that comfort isn't particularly something that you're looking for. That you, you could say you're, you're beyond that. You're, you're functioning in a way that whatever's arising, just observe. Uh, it, it might even come to the point where there is no conclusion about what's arising, that you can't really tell whether, you're, whether this is pleasurable or painful. We're not talking about sadism, masochism, or some other kind of insanity. Just talking about the very nerve endings that arise as sensation, uh, the ones that are the most, um, the easiest to see, of course, are the, the five sense consciousnesses, the objects that are very relative and very, very easy to see. In the mind stream, it's much different. It's, it is much more subtle. So whatever's arising in the mind stream, observe. The other way of saying it is just receive that. Whatever's coming, receive it. And if any production needs to happen in terms of judging or concluding or analyzing, then that will come out of the open dimension of your consciousness, of your awareness, of your of, uh, Rajna. So what happens quite often is when we when we move uh, we move toward uh, comfort, it might look like a very simple, harmless thing that we're doing, but there's a lot of aggression there. There's a lot of aggression showing up around that that is, is about pushing away from something to get to something else. Quite often, all we see is where we're going, just to the I need, I need to be comfortable. So we don't really see the aggression. We don't see the ignoring that is happening there. 
and that ignoring and that aggression is a part of the three poisons. It's two of them. The other one is I want to be comfortable. I want to be, I want, I need to be comfortable, whether it's curling up in, on the day bed or whether it's uh, some other kind of uh, uh, wish for pleasure. So it's always about awareness. It's never about accomplish any, accomplishing anything in particular. So the, the rate or the speed or maybe lack of speed at which you're understanding this in your own mind stream so that you can uh, take the energy or stop fueling that aspect of the mind that wants something else, wants something else. The very nature of uh, what the Buddha said in the Four Noble Truths, wanting things to be different than they are. If this is a dry talk, it's probably because I don't have any interesting questions yet. Yes, sir, young man over there in the third row. <laughs> we finally have a, a young man in the room. <laughs> Go ahead. In my situation, I can see that I'm constantly reaching out for that comfort. But um, thinking of your teaching of um, to not do anything with that, is there a time that that should stop? So uh, simplify the question so I can repeat it so people can hear. If we can see that we're still, or that we're always reaching out. If we can see that we're always reaching out. Should we back off? So I wouldn't do it as a as some kind of a of a struggle or a push or pull. It might be good to actually watch that aspect of your mind and get pretty familiar with that, get to know yourself on that level. And if you if you if you have a strong uh, awareness practice, then that's going to be more apparent. And the way you'll know that's more apparent because of the nature of the ego or the self-centeredness or narcissism, not going to be comfortable. So it's not going to particularly feel like some kind of a discovery. It might just be feel like just raw negativity. So you might want to do that some, but I wouldn't follow it up with some kind of philosophy as I'm just getting to know myself kind of story. If there's no story, and if you're uh, if you're at, able to just allow yourself to just hang out in an open dimension where there's no reference point particularly, there's just the raw feeling of being uncomfortable, then it's probably uh, probably appropriate to continue in the way you're, uh, in the way you're um, Asking about, I, I think. Yes. What should we do if the story is there? So if the story is there, then there may be some area or, or quite a bit of it where you might just be watching the story, uh, not not validating it, not justifying it, no further comment on it. Just watch that there's a story there. Even to say there's a story there, you've actually left what's happening for some kind of uh, um a mini, uh, very sl slight uh, uh, film of congratulations. So if you, if you, but if you're just, if it's just, you're just perceiving it and there's no uh, validation or no, no further judgment about that. And the way that will feel is like uh, you probably will feel kind of helpless because there's no, there's no knowing what to do next. 
that seems that will come up more and more. The more you practice the sitting practice of meditation, the stronger the awareness becomes and the more vivid and high relief the ego, the actual, I'm going to say it uh, very bluntly, kind of disgusting part of the narcissism. It's kind of just irritating to see how completely convoluted we are and how how wrapped up we are in our own desire for wanting this, not wanting that. And we're going to have to do some of that. We're going to have to actually look at that aspect of one's mind more. Not yet, thank you. Chayzan. The other night I was asking you about um, right and wrong and how it's kind of beside the point when there's maybe a disagreement. I was wondering what is it what is the bodhisattva vow, or how, how do we put the bodhisattva vow before the comfort of being correct? So I think it's going to happen with a different level with different people, uh, but the idea is putting others before yourself, which you is an obvious way of talking about it. So I, I, I can't comment on some kind of strategy you can use. Uh, can you ask me, can you change the question a little bit so I can respond in a relative way? There's a lot of um, controversy in the world right now around the coronavirus, Black Lives Matter, yes. politics. And we all think we have the evidence to support our views. Yes. What is the bodhisattva power? What is no, it to be a bodhisattva? No, no view. No view. No, no, no selection. No. This doesn't mean that you won't go through that door and that door. It doesn't mean you won't uh, wear this mask. Just like I did coming in here and I'm taking it off to talk. You're wearing a mask. Everyone in here is wearing a mask other than me and uh, Uno. But it doesn't mean you're not going to do that. But you can do this without having any opinion about it. Like everybody should wear a mask. This doesn't mean everyone shouldn't wear a mask. It's just that. It's that quality of, 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 it's kind of a mini form of congratulations that, it, well, at least I'm doing, well, at least I'm more about that. Help me yeah, with this. Those, those feelings are some of the most overwhelming feelings because there's a sense of self-righteousness around it. There is. So how do we begin to glimpse through the obviousness of our thoughts? Because they feel obvious. Like, of course I'm right. Of course this is true. How do we begin to any room to breathe around there. Might, you might not have. You, would we have to just function in ignorance of that? Uh, it's not exactly ignorance if you're, if the way you're talking about it, that isn't exactly ignorance. It's just wanting more, wanting something else. Whatever's arising is it. And if there's a, if there's a, a some kind of a, a bias about me and what I want, and what I should, what should happen, or what shouldn't happen, or what other people are doing, what I'm doing, any kind of structure that's showing up like that, it's uh, um, it's contagious. I mean, it's just we we want this, we don't want that. Just like when we have our COVID meetings on Fridays, those of you who join. So, so it's a, about awareness. Uh, if it's we think it's about right and wrong, then it's going to be difficult. This doesn't mean, like I said, you know, wear one of these. The conclusions about things are not exactly the same as putting on a mask. 
when you when you, everything you hear and everything you see sounds like that's something you should do. When we're still lacking in that type of clarity that allows us to see what's arising, you know, clearly. How do we guide our actions? Stay in bed. <laughs> well, you could do less, but but observe more of what is happening, what what your environment is, what's happening with you in relationship to in the situation of being uh, living in the monastery and uh, relationship you have with a few people, with several people, uh, if you include Zoom and everything else that's going on, is to observe as much as possible and function in the particular form that we have here which is pretty strong form considering. Sometimes you say less is better. I do. And less communication be better. Uh, less of what you think is communication can be. Actual communication isn't necessarily words or isn't necessarily having some information that you transmit from you, from your thinking process over to someone else getting some kind of, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, we should do this or do that. We shouldn't do this. Not that that I don't want to take that out of it, but the fundamental understanding of it seems to be much deeper than just the words or the, the message or the information that's being going from one person to another. Anyone on, uh, on Zoom have a question or on? Uh, is there a way that they can talk on YouTube? Kulambo, and just um, maybe yes. to comment that I don't know if anybody else had trouble hearing the questions, and I know you guys got masks on, but I could, we could hear Chazon's a little bit, but I couldn't hear Shogo. Okay, well, I'll try to repeat. Uh, I thought I repeated a little bit, but I probably didn't read to repeat the, the whole thing. Uh, thanks, Kozan. I'll try to uh, repeat what they asked. And I do have a question. Go ahead. You need to speak up, too, though. Do I? Can you hear me? No, can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Only one person stuck their thumb up. Two, two people. Oh, three, four, five. Okay, yeah, you're good. Anybody in here? Can you hear what she's saying? They went like this. That's like a bundle of thumbs. I got this new mic that was recommended by you guys. All right. Well, then you're good. Then go ahead and ask your question if you have one. Um. There's a feeling that's super intense and just the raw quality of it. You might not even be able to say if it's good or bad or describe it, but it feels so intense that you can hardly stand it. Yes. Is there a way to, you can't, you can't run from yourself. Is there a way to cool that down without shutting down on it? But, you know, the way you're asking it, is there a way to cool uh, intense feelings or emotions down, uh, cool them down without shutting down on them? Uh, um, I guess uh, yeah. um, like a pressure valve. Is there any way to release some of that pressure? You know you're about to jump into something bad. You know you're about to jump to something bad. Okay. You know. Everybody hear that? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think it's so situational. Um so I, but I don't, there's no particular uh, protocol for that that I could say, everybody should do this, everybody should do that. So I think each person would have to look at uh, whatever they need to do. And I would say less is better, but but don't explode. Uh, don't, 
they want your head to blow off or something. So there might be need to be some kind of a of a release or some kind of something you would do to uh, to uh, cut into that. And you know, it may for some people it may be go sit down, look at the wall. For some someone else, it may be go out and go for a walk. For someone else, uh, if you're if it's in a relationship, if you're if it's uh, being triggered or being uh, fueled by your interaction with another person, it may be good to just say, "Excuse me, I need to go do something else. I need to leave or whatever." So you may need to just disconnect from it. And I wouldn't hesitate to do that. That's not necessarily seeking uh, um, seeking comfort, particularly. I mean, it might be so intense that you you're not looking for comfort. You just you're, you're just working with a uh, something that looks like it could get explosive if you keep going, if I'm understanding what you're asking about. I don't know. Yeah, I guess the question was inspired, not necessarily to seek comfort, but you know that you are at your limit. I mean, it's not like you're going to explode, but it just it's easy to talk about, but when you're in the middle of it, it feels intense. Well, I don't think other people are having that kind of feeling. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Everybody here has a mask on, and so the except Uno, and so everybody else just looks like they're not happy, and Uno's smiling. So, oh, but if you know American Sign Language, then it's this, right? Yeah. Yeah. That means smiling. So everyone should, yeah, everyone is smiling. <laughs> now they're all smiling. <laughs> Very good. So again, going back to what you're asking about, I think it's a very, I, th I think that if, uh, and I feel, I feel that if, if, if you're training your mind, if you're spending some time watching what's coming and going in your mind and watching the negative negativity come up, watching the positivity come up, watching the positivity change the negative, watching the negative change the positive and so forth, with all the stories that come up in our mind stream, whether you're doing sitting meditation or not, but particularly if you're doing sitting meditation, if you can just watch what's happening there, then the your, to say it very directly, your ability to actually witness uh, negativity without fluffing it up, without tamping it down, or without meddling with it is going to get stronger over time. That doesn't mean that when you get into certain kind of situations where you're feeling really pressured that uh, you're going to be able to meditate your way out of it or your powerful meditation awareness will help will save the day so to speak so there, there's no guarantee of any of that it's with each person the causes and conditions that arise as passion aggression and ignorance self-centeredness functions very differently with each person some people are actually teaching meditation that are extremely self-centered other people are not particularly self-centered but they don't even know about meditation and they're not interested because they're they're already not particularly unhappy about anything. Very interesting area for human beings. Further questions? Shoka. When we're talking about discomfort that arises through one of the sense doors or the thoughts or the emotions, is the, the discomfort that's arising different with each of the sense doors? So Shoka's asking, you can't hear him, I suppose. Can you? Can you hear him? Yeah. Probably not. So the he's asking if this if the the if it's uh, with each one of the sense doors or sense fields, if uh, if 
if it is different, are you asking, is the is consciousness different, or what is it you're asking about? Is there a basic discomfort that is triggered through the different senses or through thoughts or emotions? So the mind is the one that meddles with everything. It won't leave the sense of sight alone. It has to comment on everything. It won't leave the sense of smell alone or the other uh, discrete uh, senses that have their own objects, uh, a fragrance or a smell or odor. Or, or a sense of touch, it has to comment on everything. So those are not, those are talked about uh, separately, but they're fundamentally, all they're, the thinking process is always participating in all of those. And so, yes, you could have a difference in, in different, different ones, but there's still consciousness. The objects that are showing up just have a different, uh, what, speed or, or frequency, or however you want to say it, form. What is the basic discomfort that we're trying to get away from? It just uh, uh, life is suffering. Existence is uh, suffering. It's not. That's not a, a. It's not pessimism. It's just true. There's some kind of basic discontent that's occurring on some level all the time. We see what that discontent is. Yes. Will we still be or experience discontent? If you see what discontent is, uh, you, you will. You, you may experience discontent, but you won't call it that necessarily. You won't. You won't separate it out into something separate from something else. So the the selectivity part of the of the consciousness is uh, is losing its. Uh, uh, belief, disbelief, propaganda. More? No, thank you. Yuzan. How can we see if we're subjecting ourselves to discomfort as opposed to receiving discomfort that's already the case? I think that happens in each person's uh, mind stream. You'll be, you'll, you'll have, you'll be, just a, that you're asking a question, I mean, would say that you're you're looking at that aspect of it. You're 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 beginning to look into uh, whether you're separating things out and evaluating one thing as being different from something else. There's a, a kind of discriminating awareness that is not about saying good or bad or right or wrong, but it's just about seeing the the the, the boundaries between things. So there's no excuse me, we aren't finding oh this is good this should this is this this should be happening oh this other situation is not so good, should not be happening. Is that what you're asking me about? Or is there more specific? I think so. I think that's the area. More? If discomfort is showing up, should we just receive it? Yes, whatever is showing up, just receive. And if you can, with no particular comment. But if you make a comment, then don't comment on the comment. Don't don't keep stacking things up. And if you do keep stacking things up, then just be aware of that. But don't go in and try to repair that or or cut into it with some kind of uh, uh, promotional material. In other words, to try to get yourself to do something else. Now, there are people who teach that way. will even give you techniques for reducing this and modifying this. Uh, I just don't do it. More? 
Don't you? A couple of questions from YouTube. Yes, YouTube questions. Go ahead. Raphael in New York. Raphael. Sometimes spiritual practice itself becomes a source of comfort and security for me. And I feel that at times I worry that the sense of comfort means I'm not looking at something. How can I tell if I'm too comfortable in my daily practice? Uh, how can I tell if I'm too comfortable in my daily practice? Or Raphael says that sometimes a spiritual path becomes uh, supportive or it feels maybe feels like he's feels so good it must not be the spiritual path that kind of thing is what i'm getting from it and uh i would say don't worry about it uh, you want to worry about something i'll give you something to worry about train your mind sit still a lot do a lot of it a lot of it if you want to talk to me personally about it i'd be happy to do that but i can say sit a lot it seems to take a lot of sitting still and doing nothing but watching what continues to have a momentum Sit down, hold still, hold the body very still, sit in a symmetrical posture, and look at how you don't want to do that. You're actually, the mind is actually moving, what? What is the title of the talk? Beyond comfort. We're comfortable, you know, pulling around and leaning on our kotsu, looking through the drawers to see if we can find the, some. 50 cents so we can go and get an ice cream. So in other words, just fooling around. But if you sit down, sit like this, and sit like that for an hour or two, or three or four, uh, you're going to run right into your need for comfort, your need for solace, your need for reassurance that you're here in a body-mind complex and you're keeping away from the bad things and getting the good things. We're not saying go the other direction and torture yourself like the the Buddha did 2,500 years ago, trying to figure out what was it, what's the nature of suffering? What is the nature of impermanence? What is the nature, what is death? Death comes without warning. So I would say, first of all, and second of all, third of all, don't worry about it, and don't worry about it, and don't worry about it. But train your mind. And don't worry about that either, but find some time to sit down, hold still, and watch the need for something else. Watch that you're uncomfortable but since you're not doing anything about it, you're beginning to understand what the title of this talk is about. What is the title of this talk? Does anybody remember? Beyond Comfort. Can you? A question from Biyun. Biyun. Where have you been, Biyun? Stay in touch with me. That's the essence of it. <laughs> the essence of communication is presence. Be present. Be pre the whole world is talking to you all the time, as it has been said in the tradition long before this old man uh, showed up. Long time ago. Is everything is preaching the, the, the Buddha's Dharma. And what is it saying? Not separate, not separate, not separate. It's everywhere you look, anything you look at. It's, it's not something else. It's not something else. And you're so clear about this. You're so clear about it that you you uh, won't do something that I did when I was very young. I thought everything belonged to me. So I was a thief. It was a misunderstanding. And now I see what? 
Everything does belong to me, and it's exactly where it needs to be. Not separate. Not Everything is not, you can't find anything that's separate. When I say not separate, not separate from the consciousness which is receiving that, whatever that is, that sight, that smell, that smell, that taste, that touch, that thought, not separate. Yes, sir. What is it about doing nothing that's so uncomfortable? About meditation? Boring? Or even like holding still here, like if I weren't fidgeting, it's kind of hard. No. What is it that's so uncomfortable? Can I have a minute? Suffering, suffering, everything is suffering. And if you continue to move, then that you're able to cover that up. Every, any, all the adjustment, uh, any kind of movement. If you watch when somebody is talking, they're the very movement, like the way I'm moving my hands, this is a, it's a cover up. I mean, it's also an expression. You could say that too. You could say dancing is a cover up. You could say drawing pictures is a cover up. Uh, you could say uh, writing detective novels <laughs> is a cover up. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It's it's about awareness. It's not about what you do or don't do. But in order to understand that, to know that, we may have to uh, slow down. We may have to cut into that speediness and pull still. And uh, as has been said in the tradition, re return to our original nature, which is uh, not separate from uh, awakening or Buddha nature. More. The Four Noble Truths are coming up, and I'm wondering, with the way that you're talking about it, is it less about ending suffering and more about seeing how suffering works? To go uh, directly to the point, it is more about seeing there's no one who's suffering. There, suffering is, is there, but there's no being. There's no, there's no, no, no identity, no separate identity that is suffering. It's called egolessness or no self, no other, non-dual, non-duality. It's a very simple teaching. It shows up in other traditions besides the Buddha Dharma. And, but it has to be seen. It's not something you uh, know or think or believe in. Actually, it's you see it. And the feeling of seeing it doesn't isn't the same thing as having knowledge about how to make cheesecake. It's not. It's not that kind of a materialistic kind of idea. It's more like not knowing anything. Yes. Is, is there comfort in the cessation of the sufferer? The, the, the difference between uh, uh, pleasure and pain are not, they're, they're, they're very similar. They don't have uh, the polarity that they had. It's just things just arise in, in, in that consciousness or in that space. Maybe suffering, maybe pleasure. More? Are seeing the truth and being happy different fruitions? I'm going to repeat that one if I can. Are seeing the truth, is that it? And what's the next one? And being happy. And being happy, different fruitions. Uh, 
Um, yeah. Seeing the truth isn't, isn't uh, happiness, uh, the way you're asking about it, is a relative thing that comes and goes. If you're happy, it's going to go away. If you're miserable, it's going to go away. Nothing lasts. But seeing the truth doesn't go away. Anyone else uh, have a question that I can struggle with answering? You have one? Smile. I should smile? No, I smile. Oh, you smile. Shoka, smile. No one else is smiling. Is there another question from uh, either on YouTube? I think there's a few people, a dozen people on YouTube, and there's A few more than that on uh, a Zoom. Kevin Bowing. Yes, Kevin. So if we're looking at the way that suffering interacts with an apparent self, when that apparent self is seen through, does the suffering end? Bowing. Uh, not, not in the relative sense, like you no longer suffer. It's just that the, the way one understands that situation is different. And so it's, it's, it's no longer an issue. One is no longer concerned about one's suffering. It's like, I'm not saying you're dismissive. You don't, you don't give a damn anymore, but, but it's understood as not being separate from everything else that's occurring. So everything is happening there. Life is suffering. The cause is wanting things to be different than they are. That kind of suffering um, uh, changes its shape. I would say it's still, there's still something there, but there's no identity that has an issue with that. There's no one who's trying to stop that or get rid of it or. More? Would another way of saying that be? that the suffering doesn't have anything to land on or stick to. Yeah, you could, you could use that kind of a, if it comes and goes, things come and go, you just notice phenomena comes and appears and then it goes away, appears in permanence. But there's no, there's no uh, uh, other, uh, the image I sometimes use is like an empty house with no windows, no doors, that the wind just blows through it, but it can't find anything to, it doesn't can't locate anything. Kevin Bowling, and since we're kind of looking at the Four Noble Truths adjacent to this, uh, so a uh, notion of uh, beyond. Comfort. I know you don't really teach the Eightfold Path per se. So how do the precepts help us go beyond comfort? Bowing. So I think, first of all, it, it, it helps us uh, using those uh, in our tradition, the 16 precepts, to, to look at lots of different aspects of the way uh, difficulty or challenges or suffering 
or self-centeredness or other-centeredness uh, show up in our life and just ways of working with it, refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the three jewels, the three pure precepts, the ten uh, prohibitory precepts of don't kill, don't steal, don't lie, don't uh, say things that uh, don't uh, gossip and uh, don't abuse others and don't get mad and don't abuse the three treasures. So they're just relative ways of bringing us using our, uh, we have an awareness practice going. Uh, so then maybe one of those or two of those, or maybe five of them will be areas that would really uh, help us to look more closely into our self-centeredness, into uh, what, uh, as it says uh, in uh, Teach the Seven Points of Mind training, work on the greatest defilements first. Uh, if there's some area of your mind, if you're if you have a lot of jealousy problems, or if you have a lot of anger, or if you have a lot of irritation with the way other people act, you know other people are functioning, and you're irritated by it, or other uh, other people have things that you don't have, or are getting things that you don't have. So it's just a way of working with it that that uses the conceptual uh, structure because that's the easiest way to remind us: yes, we're having some difficulty with. Uh, um, this or that or some other aspect of it could be uh, uh, as simple as just trying to be with all things, trying to be with the very emotions that come up that want to drag you into some kind of an artificial temporary comfort zone so you don't feel uh, so you don't feel uncomfortable rather than maybe spend some time in that area and just let's see what this is deeply let's bring this to the cushion is one way of, uh, as Ben said Bring it to your awareness practice. Sometimes, uh, depending on who it is, I don't do this generally, but specifically, sometimes I tell someone, get up, get up an index card and write whatever that key word is, that reminder is, and put it down and then sit for an hour. But the last, maybe the last 10 minutes or so, just look at that concept there and, and, and bring yourself into that conceptual reference point and see if that will open something up. You might have to do quite a bit of it just a way of talking about it. it's a way of combining the sitting practice of meditation which is sharpening the blade and then at some point towards the end of that you actually cut into something and it can it can be conceptual it can be jealousy or uh or uh remorse or pride or any of those you can use any of those uh images or any of those uh reference junchu question from tom Hapali. from who tom Tom, is there any drawback to mixing different meditation styles? Will self-transcending or Vipassana style interfere with awareness, even if you do a lot of just precisely this? You know, I don't know. Uh, uh, for sure, it could happen lots of different ways. But the way it looks to me, since you're asking me, I would say uh, don't mix them up. If you want to practice Vipassana, do it for 10 years. You could. If you, if you feel drawn to that, then do that practice. It's not wrong to, to do another kind of, or if you feel drawn to tantric practices, maybe you need to find a, a lama to talk to. So I'm not saying that I'm not going to talk you out of that. Uh, if, you, if you need to do what I'm teaching, you'll know it. And if you have doubts about it, maybe you should be doing something else. But if you're going to do shikantaza, you know, I would give it a few years without making it, because if you, if you bring Vipassana, tech, Vipassana techniques are very powerful, but they tend to isolate an identity. And it, it, 
if you're doing Vipassana, it can feel very, very good to do that kind of practice. Talk to somebody who's done a lot of Vipassana. But at some point, if somebody does enough of that, eventually we start to get into that, that the edge of the cliff where it's, it feels pretty good for a long time when you first start. But it can, it can be difficult or not. I don't know. I mean, S.N. Goenka, who taught uh, Vipassana to uh, inmates in the prisons in uh, India, uh, helped those people a lot. Well, of course, look at the contrast between what they were doing in the prison and suddenly they're sitting down doing nothing but having their eyes closed and scanning their body situation. Quite a contrast. So they're bound to feel better, but it's a relative feeling better. And what, what Shikantaza is not a relative feeling better. It's uh, actually going beyond comfort. And how do you do that? You have to look at how uncomfortable you are and do nothing about it. This doesn't mean you don't take an aspirin if you have a headache. I'm not being silly about it. I'm saying you're willing to sit down. It's a, It's been called a, way before I got here, but voluntary suffering. Sit down, hold still, and look at the discomfort, the suffering, and and uh, the way the, the way I've said it in this talk title is uh, beyond. Go beyond that. Is there a beyond to that? Is is a suffering the beyond? What is it? Find out. Each each person, each person here, uh, and here, we have to see it ourselves. And it's not a conclusion. If you have conclusions, then you know that's a that's a not. Conclusions or not, Buddhism is right or not. Uh, I've attained awakening to not. Uh, but also, I'm confused and I'm uh, disturbed. Also, a not. Look closely. And so, I would say to be more clear, maybe a little bit more clear about that, is you should trust yourself. If you're doing vipassana, or just do vipassana. It's like, uh, you know, ice cream is good and ketchup is good, but together it don't work so well. So do, do Vipassana, or, or you could do Vipassana for a few months and then do uh, uh, Shikantaza for a few months. That, that might be a good uh, practice. And I, I have, uh, have, have had some students that have been Vipassana practitioners. You know who you are. It's not incorrect to, to do Vipassana. It's just... I. I wouldn't, I don't promote that insofar as I un, even understand it. Yes. Joseph in I recently saw a Dr. King quote on a Black Lives Matter yard sign that said, there comes a time when silence is betrayed. How might avoidance be mistaken for observation? Um, I don't think I can repeat that, but he, uh, Joseph in Kalamazoo saw uh, uh, Dr. King Martin Luther King yard sign that said, sometimes, so I need to repeat this or I can't, it's not going to make any sense to anybody. There comes a time when silence is betrayal. There's a come, there comes a time when silence is betrayal. So you have to consider where this is coming from. I'm not saying, I'm not disagreeing with that, but this is a man who was living in the 1960s, who was a, a crusader for, uh, for um, black people. And he was working with intense uh, relative truth uh, where he didn't have any other approach to it. And he was also, uh, his uh, spiritual orientation was a, a different dynamic going on. Not wrong, just different. So people are using that because they are trying to mobilize people to join their cause or however you want to say, to put it simply. This is without any disrespect. I was disrespecting people, but not everybody 
uh, needs to be talking. There are a lot of talking going on right now. Some people, you know, a few dozen of us might want to sit down and shut up and watch what moves. Somebody's got to train their mind. Somebody has to actually sit down and be what this is rather than trying to be, join the relative uh, dynamic. There's a lot of room for questions there if you have them. Very easy to get drawn into uh, other uh, dynamics. There's all kinds of uh, agendas and, oh my, it's, you all know, you, you know what I'm saying, but, you, but right or wrong is, it tends to make it confusing. Like when someone says, that would be like me saying, uh, there comes a time when not training your mind is, uh, uh, is wrong or insanity. Everybody should train their mind. Uh, be very careful about stepping into anyone else's karma. This is a vast, this is a vast dimension. This, you know, I'm going to be 80 pretty soon. That's nothing. This, 80 years old is nothing compared to uh, billions and billions of uh, countless chilicosms, uh, as it's called in, the, in Buddhism. Buddhism is aware of the vastness of all the worlds that come and go as is uh, Brahmanism, Hinduism. Go ahead, please. Drop your mask a little bit so I can hear you. Take your pick. Some of, some of us needs to, need to sit down, and that's what we're doing. That's what I, that's what I teach. Find out who you are before you take the unexamined un person full of passion, aggression, and ignorance out into the world and get and get stirred up by the otherness that is out there. AK-47s in Lansing. People in front of uh, police looking like this. It's not gonna, not gonna be helpful to, to join into that situation. So somebody, us, Train your mind, find out who you are, so that when you do go out and mix with the rest of the world, you're on receive. You actually are receiving what's happening there. Not much of that is going on. Mostly it's feedback. Uh, you said this, I said this. Uh, what do you think about what I'm thinking about, what you're thinking? What do you think is right? Who should we vote for? Maria Bang. Go ahead, Maria. What does it mean to be what is? Um. Find out. Look at everything you're objecting to. And how do you do that? Sit down, hold still, and watch. It'll keep coming and coming and coming. Let it wear out. If it does, it might wear out, it might not. There's no guarantee of anything. But what else are you going to do with your life? Find out who you are so there's no... So there's no doubt about it. So there's no, no either or situation happening. And so I'm very directly, I'm saying to you, Maria, you've been doing this near as I can tell for the last number of years since I met you, train your mind, do the sitting practice of meditation, interact with the concepts around this uh, particular teaching, which is the Buddha's Dharma, 2,500 year tradition of, of people who have understood this and teach it. I was very lucky to meet someone like that. You may feel lucky or not. Shoot you. Uh, 
question from Melissa in Portland. Melissa in Portland. Yes. Off the cushion, how can I stay with the reaction of discomfort when someone gets on my nerves or frustrates me? For example, at work or in a situation I can't just walk away from. So you, first of all, you don't have to stay with it. You can actually, and the more you practice, uh, do sitting meditation, and there's no guarantee here, but the more you actually work with being with the, the uh, positive, negative, neutral that happens in the mind stream, the more in your action in your everyday uh, post-meditation or interaction with others uh, will be less uh, uncomfortable. Um, I'm not saying you're going to get some kind of a, a merit badge about how well you're doing, but being able to be with the negative emotions that are triggered by others. No one's actually pouring any negative emotions in you. They may be doing things that are triggering that or bringing that up, but those emotions are, they're yours in the sense that the, the mind stream that here that thinks that somebody has a whole uh, uh, saddlebag uh, full of stuff that's uninspected because we've been busy, busy doing what? Uh, not going beyond discomfort. You go beyond discomfort, not when you're uncomfortable. You go beyond discomfort when you're comfortable. So going beyond comfort, going beyond discomfort. Does that sound confusing? She has another question. Go ahead. What is voluntary suffering? Uh, simply what voluntary suffering is. Uh, use it as a contrast. You've been living your life to do this. You want this, so you get some. You don't want that, so you stay away from that. And you want this, you, you get some more of that, but you don't risk anything. Make sure it's not going to cost you too much to do that. And then you might gamble on this or gamble on that, or whatever. So you're always going towards something that is better, uh, tastes better, feels better, sounds better, thinks better, is better, looks better, 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 better. And staying away from the things that you don't don't particularly want, particularly want. So that doesn't always pay off so well. I mean, it can perhaps relatively, but death comes without warning. And this whole body-mind complex can come to an end or you can lose uh, your sight, you can lose uh, your, uh, you can lose a lot. Without even dying, you can lose, lose a lot. So the voluntary suffering means that you're going to um, set time aside and sit down and get to know yourself. You're going to get to know on a deep level what's happening in your mind and not just count on other people to get your, where you get your identity or your value and what they think about what you're thinking about what they're thinking or to join some uh, organization that supports you in some way. So voluntary suffering means you go and you sit down in front of a wall and hold still and you, you're voluntary voluntarily being there so you can begin to see in a deep way the nature of, of consciousness which has there's no solid being there it just it's an incredible illusion to think there's someone who can be harmed if you if you think you can be harmed if you think that who you are actually can be harmed i'm not saying you can't have your arm cut off i'm not saying you can't lose your life of course but who are you fundamentally Unless you can sit down and look deeply into the consciousness, you'll continue to grasp at a self and grasp at another, or reject the other and grasp at a self, or reject yourself and grasp at another. 
it's that kind of polarity happening all the time. And all you have to do is sit and have a conversation with anybody. You can feel your mind do that. And what we often try to do is try to stop feeling some ways and try to feel other ways. And if we can't stop it, we might actually start to blame somebody else for something and, and actually believe that the other person is doing that when actually it's, it's your emotions that are being triggered. And to anyone who can see what this is, it's obvious. But they can't point it out to you because they have to respect your confusion. Somebody who is, uh, who is uh, in the material world as a, a doctor or a, a psychiatrist or a therapist, and I'm not taking anything away from them. Some people, that's, oh, that's the only way they can do this is through that kind of, a, uh, that kind of uh, help. But quite often what happens there is if you get really intense, you're really upset, you're really having trouble, and there's no mind training, there's no, no one even talking about that. The next thing you know, you got somebody wanting to shoot up, get, put drugs in you, put, you know, Wellbutrin or, or uh, uh, well, I can't name them all, but there's dozens of them, as you know, that modify how you feel and what, it's just a, it covers up the very being that, that is trying to awaken This doesn't mean, what I'm saying here doesn't mean that some people don't need some kind of medication because of chemical imbalances. Of course, that's probably happening. But there's never any kind of uh, uh, connection with trying to do it with the mind. We immediately go into, there's somebody with a thing on their wall, so they get to be the authority. That's why those of you who, who are therapists know that, uh, that when I talk to you, I say, just be with people. You don't have to fix them. They just want somebody to talk to. That doesn't mean that listening to them, uh, you might be giving them feedback in some way because you're on receive, because you train your mind, because you're not jumping to conclusions about what somebody should or shouldn't do or right or wrong, and you're willing to exist, be, your consciousness can be in an open dimension that has doesn't have any particular positionality as far as right and wrong, up and down, sane or insane. Very, very important. People differentiate between that differentiation and desire. Differentiation, and then there's a desire for that, and the, the the wanting to get rid of something else. You can actually live without knowing what to do next, because you're so clear about what is happening, moment by moment by moment. It's called authentic presence sometimes called pure appearance. You just see it. You don't need anything else but what's in front of you. Juzan. You gave the example earlier of, I'm not saying don't take aspirin if you have a headache. Where does that mundane addressing a problem become avoiding discomfort? That, that's why we do mind training, because the, the teaching person he, she, or they are not going to be able to necessarily check on you every 10 minutes to see what you should do or shouldn't do. But this is why it's necessary to train your mind. So in the way I do this, the way I talk to people about it, is I say, don't do anything unless you have to. That's like anybody who's here who's wearing a rock suit, I've not encouraged them to do that. They have to come and not demand it, but be very, very adamant. I want to do this. I want to do this. Because I don't, I don't, the halfway situation doesn't work. And so you could do the same thing in your, in your situation. Like I've got a, I've got a headache. Uh, I need to take 
some aspirin to use your example. There's lots of other uh, examples that might be more extreme, not rather than just aspirin and a headache. You might need to talk, you might need to go to a, to a, a psychiatrist. That, that may be necessary. It, it would be good if you really had an idea of what was happening with your mind stream in your mind before you do that. And this isn't ruling out all the chemical things, of the things in somebody's uh, mind that could be through heredity or through whatever, any kind of contaminations that could cause someone's uh, thinking process to go awry or make it somehow imbalanced. Of course, those are there too. We have to look at everything. But consciousness, consciousness is not tied to or laminated to or attached to uh, the organism of biology. Science looks at that and tries to find uh, thoughts in a mind. And so they stick little, it's so primitive, they stick a little thing in there. And, and, and then you have a memory of, of being on a beach in 1942 and you weren't even alive then. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're searching for something. They want some kind of control. It's quite humorous. I'm on that beach all the time. Maria Bowing. Yes, Maria. If we are not that what is, are we the opposite to it? If we, if we are not what is, are we the opposite of it? Yes. No. No. No, you're always what is. It's just that you think otherwise. <laughs> That's why I'm here to help you. You'll let me. There is no the polar, the polarity is the the polarity is imaginary. This is a parikalpata, imaginary nature. It's, it's imaginary. The people who are on the Zoom screen who are sitting in darkened rooms, your your glasses are reflecting your computer screen. It looks pretty spooky. There we go. <laughs> And it was a it was a human being there. Mondo. Don't you? Melissa asks, how do you go beyond discomfort while you are comfortable? I wouldn't bother. If you're comfortable, just be comfortable. <laughs> Going beyond comfortable if you're comfortable, you know, if we're not looking for trouble. But that's not going to last. It's a relative situation being comfortable. I like to be comfortable. So your mind is that um, sometimes you say the best time to learn how to ski is not in a snowstorm. I do. So is that similar? Yeah. Well, the way I say that, uh, if I'm following the way you're asking, I'm saying you should skip. Meditation should happen on some kind of a schedule. It doesn't have to be every day. Be a good idea but it doesn't have to be but some kind of a situation where no matter how you feel up down comfortable not comfortable you're going to go and sit down and look at the wall you're going to go sit down hold still and it might be a day when it's comfortable it might be a day when it's feels pretty ragged around the edges you're, you're going to do it anyway and so if somebody's uh, really having a difficult time i would leave it up to you rather than say well you should go meditate maybe not maybe you should become make yourself comfortable so it's not about some kind of a, of a 
protocol where you're where you never are comfortable or don't enjoy yourself. It's the attachment to it that seems to be cause the spinning. We'll dedicate the merit. Penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Directions of three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light touch of the Koji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. 